everybody. Welcome to Come Lose It, episode 84. I'm getting it out. I'm getting out that mid-August, you know, two-thirds pod. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Stick in. I'm going to head to the cottage in a little bit, just by myself. So hopefully I don't take too long. You know what I mean? Sometimes I take a little long on this pod, and I'm going to try and keep it moving Lots of stuff to talk about. Got some health news. I got some fitness updates. You know, lots of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. And that's what I do on this podcast is I I don't come on until I got a lot of stuff to unleash in one episode, one beautifully produced episode. Before I start, I will give a shout out to my other podcast, The Confederacy of Dunks, only on the Rapcast. Subscribe to the Rapcast on the Podcatchers. Go to RaptorsRepublic.com. I am not affiliated with this podcast and that podcast. There's, there's, uh, they don't, they don't even know this shit exists. They don't even fucking know. I'm just doing it out of my own, my own selfish promotion to get more people there because we're getting a lot of people and it's good. If you're a Raptors fan, if you're a basketball fan, if you love the NBA, give that podcast, the Rapcast, a go. Really good analysis mixed with goofiness. You know, we've got it all. You know, I saw that, uh, boy, yeah. Let's just get right to it. Let's get right to, (laughs) you know, through this pandemic, since, you know, it's been exactly about three years since I left the city, almost to the day since we drove that U-Haul out of there and never looked back. And, you know, during this time in the pandemic and everything, we just kind of, me and my wife, we've been like, you know, thinking about where we want to live or we want to settle. Because, you know, this is the hometown stopover. You know that me and her being back home in our hometown-ish place is not forever. So we're constantly thinking, do we want to stay in Canada? Do we want to stay in Ontario? Do we want to go to Europe? You know, it's all this stuff to consider. But there was one place that, you know, they seem to have somewhat affordable houses it wasn't crazy far from toronto even though it was about the same distance as ottawa to toronto but i'm talking about north bay have you ever been to north bay we haven't until last weekend north bay you know i had a little bit of hope for north bay because you know you could you could get an affordable house there look like and just you know renovated it's not going to get you into an $800,000 mortgage. It's on a big, beautiful lake, Lake Nipissing. You know, you got the trees, you got nature around you. So we're like, let's go check out this city. Let's, this town or whatever the fuck it is. And let's see if it's got any kind of cultural vibe or anything. Let me tell you something. We did the We did the drive right down Lakeshore. Place that should be bumping with restaurants and patios and people and shops. And, you know, that's what you would think you would see on the biggest city or town in northern Ontario, I would say. You know, not far from Sudbury, but an hour and a half east of Sudbury. But I thought it would be a little nicer. And I saw a lot of that old stuff I've seen in a lot of tough places, a lot of places where the You know, the town, the city didn't quite work out the way they thought it was going to work out. Where it looks like addiction has settled in. You know, there ain't no shops. Everything's boarded up. 
There's a couple old restaurants, but nothing is bumping down there. You know, even the banks look old. They got the old beer store. I like that, though. It just, and it had like a Sault Ste. Marie vibe. It was, you know, it was disheartening for me. It was very disheartening because I thought maybe it was a place. You know, it's only an hour from my wife's cottage. Has a bit of an industry there. You know, they they shot that movie, The Witch. Remember The Witch came out a few years ago. They they shoot a bunch of shitty Hallmark Christmas movies there, probably on that fucking strip that they got to jazz up because it's a real nasty, nasty place to make it look like a like a Christmas town. Aye, aye, aye. I know I did see, rarely do I ever watch those movies. I just, you know what? Hey, they're not for me. They're for other people. But they did use shaving cream as snow. So this guy was walking in. They cut to his shoes at one point and he had shaving cream all over his fucking, <laughs> his fucking shoes. It's crazy. And it was like one of the, it was one of the guys, if you watched the white Lotus, it was like the main rich kid guy that was, you know, on the, he was on the, uh, you know, his honeymoon. It was that guy, you know, he, he's great. He's a great actor, but you know, he's, he ain't going to turn down a Hallmark fucking Christmas movie. You're going to say no to Candace Cameron. Beret? Not in this fucking life. Not in this life. Anyway, North Bay's out. Sorry, North Bay. We're not moving there. Uh, you know what? I saw Rick Moranis has been popping up in an old SCTV skit where he plays Mike McDonald. Michael McDonald, famous musician. And it's such a funny spot. And, it, you know, watching old SCTV reruns was something that really got me into comedy. And I just love Rick Moranis, man. Like, Rick Moranis was a fucking star. You know, he was making lots of movies. Big in the 80s. Started to dip a bit in the 90s. But, you know, like, by 95, he was gone. He got out before the rot set in. His wife died. He chose his family. He chose to look after his kids instead of being a shit dad. You know, always gone. And they got no dad there because he's making movies for three months, six months you know, being raised by nannies, whatever. He chose his kids over the industry and he never looked back. You just got to fucking respect that shit. Got to respect it. Because he's been, uh, he's got to be in his mid-60s now. Maybe his early 70s. I don't know. He's done. He's not going to come back. Even with these Ghostbusters movies, he doesn't want to fucking come back. You know what I mean? Shout out to Rick Moranis. You're fucking awesome. Where are we with COVID? How's everyone feeling? Have you gotten it? Are you like me? Are you one of the last people that you know that has not gotten it yet? It's coming for the careful. I just saw that there was an article that said uh, 56% of people who had Omicron don't even know they had it. They don't even know. (laughs) So some of us, possibly me, maybe I've already had it. Maybe I've already had it, and I didn't know. My wife didn't know. Never tested positive on a test. I do all the intricate things, the throat, the cheek, the nose. Do the Triforce before, you know, I don't do just, just the nose. They say to do all that shit. I gag. I puke a little. I'm snorting. My eyes are watering. I hate it. But if it's going to get, you know, more of that COVID on that stick, I'm going to do it. 
Now, you know, not many of you know this, but back in the mid-2000s, I had an eTalk Daily star sighting. The show was called eTalk Daily. I don't know if it's still around, but it was kind of like an entertainment tonight in Canada. And, you know, they have a segment, and they're like, and this celebrity was seen here, and this celebrity was seen there. So I was one of those celebrities. Now, yes, then and now, still not a celebrity, but a friend knew a friend who worked there, whatever director I was working with was promoting a short film I was in. I got on as an eTalk Daily Star sighting, and it was very bizarre. It was very bizarre to see. Some people that saw it also were very confused, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. But the other celebrity on that night was Anne Heche. Anne Heche was spotted in Vancouver, and I was spotted in Toronto at a liquor store. <laughs> I am not kidding. And, you know, I've always had this connection to Anne Heche because of that. We were the two celebrities just trying to mind our own business. And then E-Talk Daily sick their TMZ scouts on us when we're just trying to have a meal, pick up a bottle of whiskey. My God. But we it's a weird thing I've always thought of where she has no idea. There's no way she was came went back to her hotel that night and saw the, the two of us were on there. Did she watch E Talk Daily that night? Maybe she did. Maybe she went, Who the fuck is Matt Duncan? Who the fuck is Matt Duncan? Well, Anne Hish, R.I.P. It's a bit of a sticky situation there. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the footage of her driving very erratically going like a hundred in residential areas and then smashing into a woman's home and destroying it completely. Not, you know, not a great situation for Anne. Uh, she was apparently inebriated. Yes. And it's just crazy. man. she like popped out of like, she like jumped up after she was put on like the gurney and, she had a very serious brain injury when that was, that was pretty much it for her. And that's it for Anne Hayes. But, you know, I feel like she's done some good work. I can't think of anything where I've really been like, ah, yeah, but I feel like she's always good, you know, and she had a fucked up life. And we just shared the screen together a little bit on Canadian TV back in 2006. So R.I.P.N. I will do you proud the rest of the way. And before we get to the fitness update, there's one more, you know, industry thing I want to talk about. I had, you know, I wanted to do this podcast the uh, last week or two, but I, I did get busy. I did book a commercial. I did shoot a commercial last week. Fantastic. In these, these, the age of, of union bashing where there's no union work and ad agencies are, are not willing to hire union actors. It's a real shit show. And of the, you know... 17, 18 years I've been doing this, never seen anything like this before. Very few auditions. So the fact that I was able to get one of these few union jobs was a big deal. It's good. A little butter in, a little butter in the bank. Butter in the bank is what you need, folks. So I got that butter. and Well, not yet, but I'm going to get the butter. Don't worry about that. Had a good day. It was just kind of nice to see that I can still perform. <laughs> I still have, I always have these dreams where I don't know my lines. I fucking hate it. That's like a form of PTSD, isn't it? Had a dream last night. 
where I was like, just tell me, just show me it. Show me the script. I was like trying to find a script. I was on a set. I was like, you got to tell me the line, something, please. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what I'm supposed to say. Uh, you know, that's always the fear of the day player. And this is hilarious. The last thing I'll say is that there's this, you know, showrunner, writer, a bit of an actor. Her name is, uh, her name is Gloria Calderon Colette. And she had this tweet and Patton Oswald like responded to her and was like, Hey, can I DM you just about your, what you just wrote? <laughs> He's probably giving her like a little tidbit of like, Hey man, this is a bit rough. This is what she wrote. And I think it's, this is, I think she's shooting a show right now. Like she's the showrunner of her show and it's shooting in Mississauga in Canada. So I think this day player would definitely be a Canadian. And this is what she wrote in her tweet. Actors note, when you come to set as a guest on a show, do not give other actors notes or suggestions. Your job is to arrive on time and clean. <laughs> not that not your job is to clean, your job is to be clean. It was a little confusing. Your line should be memorized and you arrive on set ready and open to do your role. <laughs> when you finish, thank the director and writers and leave. Okay, I never usually do that. They're usually too busy. And where are the writers for one? And who is this, who is this hero day player who is like coming on for one day doing a few lines and he's giving line reads to the stars. Who are you? I want you on this podcast. I want to talk about it. You're a fucking hero. You definitely shouldn't have done that. I would never ever in a million years think to do that. But I just thought it was friggin' hilarious that this guy, and that he was dirty. He stunk. <laughs> Maybe he's, was this, is he playing a homeless guy? Or did he just come on and he was like, well, Brad Pitt can smell like shit. Why can't I? He ain't no Brad Pitt, son. You a day player. And this, this lady, Gloria Collette, was pissed. And a lot of people are responding to her. <laughs> just see one person's like, wait, now we have to be clean. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Uh, not, not the role of the day player, the day player, you are there performing for the accountant. If you're in Canada and you're a day player, your most important role is that of your taxes and doing your taxes. And you can think about maybe, maybe, you know, I've heard of, I've got a friend who his day player role turned into a recurring role you know, where he's, he's been back on a show many times in a small way, but he's still a part of it or whatever. Right. And, and, but the day player in Canada is it's uh it's the, we're there because we have to be because, because there's agreements with the union and the CRTC for Canadian content. We are the Canadian content that they have to have. You want the tax break? You got to hire some actors and the lowest form of it is the day player to let an actor come on, someone who's a professional in the union, say a line, and as she said, go home. <laughs> yeah, imagine I went to uh, I went to Chase Crawford or Jay Baruchel or Eric Andre or someone was like, hey, what if you did it this way? <laughs> okay, that was good. Hey, that was great. But what if you did it? What if you like, 
<clears throat> what if you put a pebble in your shoe? Are you supposed to be angry right now? Why don't you do a little James Gandolfini and put a pebble in your shoe? Update. Okay, fitness update. Let's go. Sorry, I took too long in the opening turd, so I'll, I will ace through this stuff. Okay, I will ace through it. Okay, I did not talk about it the last podcast, but I should bring up that I went to one of the best ear, nose, and throat doctors in Ontario, possibly Canada. I can't remember what moniker he holds, but I went and got a hearing test because, you know, I've talked about I was having some some tinnitus, some tinnitus, however you want to say it. And I wasn't sure if I was having it or if I'm just going crazy, if my hearing's is better, like too good. And I'm just hearing the hum of, of the hell that, that we all have to endure with electronics. I don't know. You know, I've got a lot of light bulbs in this house and they're all connected to Wi-Fi. So if I'm hearing some kind of hum, maybe that's it. But anyway, you know, I, I went through a period in the winter where I was very concerned. So it took forever, took six, seven months to get an appointment with this guy. And I went for a hearing test and it was a bit, you know, it was a bit scary. I don't know if you've seen The Sound of Metal, but it was exactly like that, where they put you in a booth, they put headphones on you. And first she's like, just hit this button every time you hear noise. And it's all just like different sound waves of like, you know, different frequencies. So every time I would hear a frequency, I'd hit the button. So we did that. And then she said, she's like, say these words back to me. And I had to repeat the words that she was saying. And then she came in she's like, you have very good hearing. So the hearing's not a problem, but it, it was interesting. I went and talked to the doctor after, and he was like, looked at my ears. He's like, everything's good. Everything's really good. There's no this, that. There's no, you know, surgery I need to perform. Um, but, you know, with this kind of thing, I didn't bring it up with him, and I'm smarting myself, even if I should just bring it up. But I'm like, you know, the, possibly people that have been getting the vaccine and stuff, have, some people have been getting tinnitus. And, you know, I didn't ask him about it and I just think it wouldn't even matter because there's just not enough studies on it yet. So I figured like, is that what I'm saying? But like, could you really look in my ear? It's not always like you see damage and that's what's causing it. But anyway, I think it's better now or I'm just like fine with it. I don't know. Moving on to like the fitness part of the last month or so, been a bit tough been a bit tough to get back into it, you know, having issues with my left leg. I'm just going to put that out there now in case it's a blood clot and I die so that you know that I called it. Um, probably should go for an ultrasound. I don't know if that's it. It does feel muscle related. It feels like when I stretch a certain way, it hurts more. Um, it doesn't seem like the same kind of symptoms of DVT, which is deep vein thrombosis, but it, it, you know, it's something maybe I'll just go get an ultrasound on just to clear my, clear my head of it because, uh, it's been hurting for a while and there's been some numbness and stuff too in my quad, which is very weird. Um, and you know, you just, sometimes you gotta get that stuff checked out. So, uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I feel that exercise makes it better too. So I'm just trying to like get back into those lower body workouts, get into the leg workouts, do the squats, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, what, you know, I, I was away at that cottage. So we went to North Bay 
for a day, but we were at my wife's cottage and uh, I borrowed, my mom has a stand up paddle board, an inflatable one. And you know, when you hear anything inflatable, it's never good, you know, but it's amazing how they make these things. They're in such hard plastic or whatever it is, but they get really solid. It's crazy. And they're very buoyant and they're very light and you can fold them up into a bag and just take them. And, and I've been having such a great time. I went went out every day on the lake. Nice paddle, you know, it's like very relaxing, but, you know, you're balancing your core at the same time that you're paddling. So you're actually getting a pretty good workout. It's actually pretty good. I wasn't like huffing and puffing or anything, but, you know, my heart rate was going up. I was wearing the Apple Watch. I was wearing the Apple Watch. So I'm going to go up to the cottage. I'm going to do that right after this podcast. And hopefully if the weather holds out, I will do it a little bit this weekend to get some more exercise in. Because I've realized that, I know I haven't talked about my goals for a long time on this pod, but my goal kind of now as I'm approaching 40, as I'm getting closer to 40, I'm going to be saying that a lot now. You know, I'm almost 40. That's uh, what you say in your the last couple of years of your 30s. I'm almost 40. You know, that's your comparison for when you don't want to do something. I can't, I'm almost 40. So what I want, though, to do by the time I'm 40 is I just want to get back under 200. That's it. I'm going to get back under 200. If I'm way under 200, if I get back to like 180 or something, that's crazy. Doable in two years. You know, that's like 40 pounds or something like that. But I really want to work to get under 200 again. I want to hit my 40s feeling a lot better about the the shape I want to be in. So that's just my personal story. Doesn't mean everybody has to look a certain way, obviously. But with my, uh, you know, 40 years of issues and body dysmorphia and whatever, that's where I want to go in my 40s. Because the 40s, I think I'm going to be going through some shit in my 40s. I can just tell it now. And I feel like I'm going to need my energy. So I'm going to try and, and, and keep that as, as best I can. As best I can. And before we go to the health news, let's get to some goddamn birthdays. Okay, not a lot of hot ones. There, there, are, there are a few hot ones today, okay? There was like, I was going to do this two days ago, and it was like De Niro, like big actors, just like, whoa. It was heavy. But there's some big ones here that, you know, maybe not De Niro heavy, but there's like a Kyra Cedric. She's 57. She's a great actress. Kevin Bacon's wife, 57 years old. Can't really say if I've seen her in anything where I've been like, that's my favorite Kyra Cedric movie. Was she in Heart and Souls? I feel like she was in that Robert Downey Jr. movie. She played a ghost on a bus. I think so. Matthew Perry is 53. He's had his issues, but he's still alive. He's got entire seasons of Friends he can't remember because he's been on them pills. What are you going to do? Sometimes you just... I, I think it'd be kind of nice to not remember some of the seasons if you've been doing a show that long. Peter Gallagher. You know him. You love him. The OC. He's done a bunch of shit. He's 67. He's getting... He's almost 70, for God's sake. Kevin Dillon. Yes. The other Dillon brother. It's crazy how old these Dylan guys are. He's 57. You wouldn't really think it, but, you know, I guess he was on Entourage and all that stuff. 57 years old. He's been around. 
been around. I remember you played the drummer in the uh, the Doors movie. I remember that. Gerald McCraney, 75, Major Dad, Deadwood. Now he's on NCIS. Kimmer, which one? L.A.? NCIS L.A.? Yeah. He's on that now. He's having a good time. Adam Arkin, 66. I love Adam Arkin. He's a good actor, great director. Always loved him on Northern Exposures, the eccentric chef who lived in the woods. John Stamos is 59. That guy will look good. That guy will not even need to be embalmed when he dies. He looks that good. You know, you know he's just gonna... That'll be the big talk of his funeral. You know he's not embalmed, right? You know he's not frozen. Really. It looks like he's breathing. It looks like he's he's pumping a hue into his cheeks. There's no makeup on John. Nothing. Jonathan Frakes is 70. Oh my god. The great Jonathan Frakes. 70 years old. Star Trek Next Generation, you know it, you love it. And, uh, you know, I like to do this now where I, I go back in entertainment history a little bit. It was on this day in 2005, 17 years ago, that the 40-year-old Virgin came out with the great Steve Carell. Really cemented him. And then there was a little bit part by a guy named Seth Rogen, and I remember I was like, who's this guy with the back brace? Never really seen him in anything else before. But, you know, then there was word that he was getting his own movie, and I just was like, what? The back brace guy? The back brace guy's getting his own movie? I had never seen him before in my life. I never watched Undeclared or Freaks and before that. And that movie turned out to be... Knocked up. (laughs) Beautiful. Health News. News that is health-related. All right, let's get through these health news. Let's get through them. I've got one. I've got two scary news. One is just, like, scary, disgusting... And one is just like, ah, we're fucked. It's like another, are we fucked? I hope they figured this out. Should we get to the one that we're like, let's do the bad one first, right? Okay, so PFAS. PFAS. You know what I'm talking about when I say PFAS? This is what I'm talking about. Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. Okay. Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. Let's just call it PFAS. The levels of PFAS in rainwater have made it unsafe to drink globally, even in remote areas. That means all rain is now toxic. All rain has forever chemicals in it that we can't break down. Now this, this is a problem. The amount considered acceptable in drinking water, surface water, and soil have fallen dramatically over the last 20 years due to new insights into their toxicity. Oh, man. So, the drinking water guidelines and stuff are all fucked up. Now, I did see some other articles saying that they're trying to, they they may have found something, a very easy way to break down this chemical that kind of decapitates it and then the rest of it falls apart and becomes harmless. That is kind of the hope that they're able to do. Because if they don't figure that out, we're fucked. 
we're absolutely fucked. Well, like we're fucked anyways, right? Like we talk a lot about that on the podcast. A lot of different shit going on right now. The earth is just burning on fire. It's it's not good, but it's speeding it up. You know, I feel sorry for the kids who have no idea what's going on, <laughs> who are playing in their kiddie pools with toys and have no idea what they're going to have to fucking worry about, which is, you know what? Just enjoy it. As I say, don't, don't talk about this shit in front of kids. Let them, let them think that everything's cool because they're going to have the rest of their life to worry about this shit. So there's got to be some way to get this stuff out of the rain, out of any precipitation. We got to filter it out. We got to be able to filter it out of water. And it even with like companies that had a lot of it, like 3M in their products and have been phasing it out over decades, it hasn't made any noticeable declines in the atmosphere. So it's going to take a really long time. So in the meantime, we need to find a way to act on this, to break it down, to filter it, whatever, because if it contaminates the soil, it's going to contaminate the food. It's going to contaminate the fish. You know, it's going to fuck everything up. And it's just, I hope we write all this shit down that we fucked up before we just fizzle out completely. Because when other people finally come to this planet and discover it in millions of years, I hope they know why it's this toxic, radioactive fucking thing. You know, I didn't even talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it because, you know, it gets too dark. But seeing what's going on with that Ukraine war and now the fucking nuclear power stations are getting talked about again because the Russians won't, they won't let, you know, they won't let people in or out. They're kind of like the people that work there are prisoners. But they told the people who work there, like, don't come in tomorrow. Just don't come in. Something's going to happen. And if that fucking, whatever plant that is, apparently it will rain down radioactive shit on Germany and Slovakia and Poland. That's where all that shit's going. I ain't going to talk about it, but I'm just saying, uh, there's there's still a war going on over there with nuclear reactors used as uh, battering rams and shields right now. It's not good. It's not fucking good. So... You know, I'm going to be positive about this, say we're going to figure out this PFAS. We are going to figure it out. We're going to take out all the fucking... Uh, Purin polyfluoroalkyl substances. That's it. And and we'll be able to, you know, the, the tribes right now that have never seen another person that are using rainwater to drink, uh, uh, we won't kill them, you know? Is that the least we could do? Well, you know, speaking of gross stuff... To, to ingest and to eat. There's this pink sauce. Have you heard about the pink sauce? There's this pink sauce going around that's a condiment, and it looks like uh, Pepto-Bismol with, like, chunks in it. Kind of looks like there might be some spice chunks, maybe some, it looks like some thick pepper chunks. I don't know. I don't know what those chunks are, but it's called pink sauce. It's a new Pepto-Bismol colored condiment made famous by TikTok and has recently sparked a conversation around food safety, particularly regarding products made by small businesses. Now, it's apparently made by a private chef in Miami, and it's got like a, it seems like it's tangy, 
Uh, God, okay, it's got dragon fruit, sunflower oil, chili, garlic, honey. So it might be like sweet and hot. And uh, garlic, salt, dried spice, lemon juice. Yeah. It's got about 60 milligrams of sodium and 14 grams of fat per serving. 90 calories per one tablespoon. <laughs> Holy fuck. And uh, it's a little tangy, with a little spice. Tastes a little bit like ranch, apparently. It looks disgusting. Okay, there's only one liquid pink that I got to take, and that's for when I got that diarrhea, I got that indigestion, I got that, I got that nausea. It's the only pink thing I want to drink that's thick. I don't want to be dipping shit. I don't want to be dipping fries in pink sauce. Okay, I don't, I don't want to put pink sauce on a burger. What the fuck is this? What? Did we learn nothing from the fucking purple ketchup? Did we learn nothing from Crystal Pepsi? We associate colors with foods we like. Don't do this. Now I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night. I'm going to take the pink sauce. I'm going to take a shot of pink sauce thinking that it's the goddamn Pepto. And apparently there's a huge lack of refrigeration, so I don't know how they're selling it, but there's a worry that you're going to get like... You know, it's a high oil content product. It, it, it won't preserve well. And you could get sick because there's like some milk or something in it. You know, like you got to keep this shit refrigerated. So I'll post the link to it. If you're if you're up on the pink sauce, let me know. Let me know if you're loving it. It feels like a very American thing. Just making food gross and disgusting and... Ugh. Okay, other shit. Here we are. 34 minutes by 40. We'll be done. Packing my bag. I'm at the fucking door at 830. I'm getting up there. I'm going to read my book. I'm going to relax. I'm going to get a little food or something on the way. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? So I wrote down a couple of things. Talk about the other shit. Some other shit out there. Let's talk about this shit that I had to watch. Now, you know, I've got this connection to Mike Myers. He's someone I idolized when I was a kid. I loved Mike Myers before I ever wanted to get into acting and comedy. And then I got to meet him twice. Once I met him at a comedy club, made a fool of myself, embarrassed myself. Not in a bad way, just in a weird way. And then 10 years after that, I worked with him on a commercial. And, you know, I've kind of watched Mike's career ever since Wayne's World. Wayne's World 2, Austin Powers. And when I met him the first time, it was like just just at the end of his the height of his fame. So he was still up there. You know, he was like riding off. Oh, Austin Powers 3 was kind of like, okay, not as good, but okay. And then he was doing the Shrek, and it was like, okay, Shrek's great. Everyone loves Shrek. Okay. And then he did Love Guru, and and that was it. That just, boom. That was his, you know, Dana Carvey, turtle, turtle. Boom, gone. Just like, okay, we're done. We're done with this kind of stuff. 
But Mike comes back. He comes out of the woodwork. He's barely active in the last fucking 10 years. He did like that one bit part on Inglorious Bastards. He did that commercial with me and his brother. <laughs> like he did the gong show he was like a host of. But we're not going to call that acting. But he wrote a new show where he plays a bunch of characters and it's called The Pentaveret. And it's on Netflix. And it got buried because it's not good. It did not get good reviews. I was like, I got to watch it. I'll put it on when I'm, you know, exercising on the bike. But I got to do, I got to do right by Mike, you know, I got to do right. Got to at least give it a shot. So I watched it and immediately there's like, you know, he's playing a Canadian. He's doing the hardcore Canadian, you know, the mockery accent where we say a boot, which I never agree with. We do not say a boot. I don't know why he thinks this is still funny. Why does he think this, is this funny to Americans? We just pronounce the U. We say about. I don't put on my bouts when I go outside to shovel the snow. About. A boot? We don't say that. We just see the English language and we, we're like Italians. We like to say every letter. We, we, we don't love silent letters in the Canadian accent. It just doesn't sound as sexy as the Italian language. But that's why we say about. That's why we say roof. That's why we say house. Not house. You know? Fucking drives me nuts. So anyways, there's lots of fucking dumb jokes like that. He's playing Canadian. He's doing the dumb accent. He's getting other people to do the dumb accent. And he's playing all these, you know, Mike, Mike is good at committing to these characters. I'll give him that. But it's like, I don't know, man, you're fucking good. Like, just do, do you have to do 10? Do you have to be Peter Sellers? Like, can you just do one fucking thing? Write a fucking script and do one thing. You know, like, I, I, I don't think there's a market for this shit anymore. The biggest way that he's becoming alive right now is, you know, when people take like a sound clip from Austin Powers and put it in a TikTok video and make a, whatever those things are. That's the biggest way he's relevant right now. And I don't get that whole world at all. Cause you know, I get stuck on those reels sometimes on Instagram. I sit there, I'm watching the reels and there's just like these people like show up at conventions and stuff. Like there's a guy who's probably a million followers or something probably way more on TikTok. And all he does is say, here's something I didn't know until I was in my thirties. And then he does some dumb thing where he's like, how to clean your coffee grinder, or, you know, how to boil an egg or something. And he's got long hair and every, just the way he says it uh, pisses me off. My thirties in my thirties. Oh, fuck. So that guy will show up at a convention. There's another guy that just like goes to the olive garden and films himself shitting. <laughs> and that guy is probably seen as more famous than like Matt Damon or Al Pacino, Charlize Theron, Christina Ricci, the cast of Monster. <laughs> Some people would be like, I don't know who, I don't know who Charlize Theron is. But I know the guy who shits after he goes to the Olive Garden and destroys his asshole on a toilet. I know that guy. I want that guy's autograph. 
this is where we're headed. And they thought that that quibby shit, that's what they wanted. Oh, they like all this dumb 10-second clip. Let's do TV shows that are two minutes long. Nobody wants that shit. Nobody wants that shit. I don't want drama in two minutes. I want a guy shitting. <laughs> now I'm now I'm converted. I want a guy shitting in the Olive Garden. You know? It's, uh, I don't know. It's like I love the accessibility of everything, but I also hate it because it's it's getting out of control and these people are making money okay last shit last other shit i'll talk about okay you ready for this one so there's this guy that designed a euthanasia 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 roller coaster to kill you you know people are doing the gas People are doing the fucking, the other horrible things I don't want to talk about on here, you know, hangings and whatnot. So this guy's built a roller coaster. He's like, well, what if we built a roller coaster in a certain way that would kill you if you, you know, were terminally ill and then you'd like go out on like this euphoria type of uh, of feeling. And he sounds like he's uh, Lithuanian, I think. I think he's a bit Lithuanian. And he had this idea for, you know, the Ghoster Coaster, the true fucking Ghoster Coaster. I'm Yuliana Sorbonas uh, from Lithuania. And this piece is called uh, Euthanasia Coaster. It's a Ghoster Coaster. It's a Euthanasia machine. In you the gotta call it the Ghoster Coaster. Coaster. Engineered to humanely with euphoria and. And it's gotta be a wonderland. Kill a human being. It features a series of uh, various uh, pleasurable and uh, thrilling experiences like uh, G-forces produced a lot of certain elements There's of a ton of loops. roller coaster. But it kind of spirals down, like loop, loop, loop. loop. It's like you're spurring down to hell. G-forces produced by certain elements. So a lot of, of G-force sucks the air out of your lungs. The coaster features two key parts. One is a drop tower, and another part is a series of loop elements. You are towed up to the top of a drop tower. Oh you fall down 500 meters. Okay. To achieve such a kinetic energy, to ride all to, through the loops, to be exposed for one minute under 10 g force. Oh. Your fuck. blood is rushed towards lower extremities, so there is lack of blood in your brain. So your brain starts suffocate. And when it starts suffocates, usually people become euphoric because oh. brain concentrates on the very vital bodily activities. And it's not, it's not a fiction. Pilots usually are trained in human centrifuges to experience that. And you can see in a video, they faint. It's so-called G-log, G-force induced loss of consciousness. To see the difference between the experiences of pilots and astronauts and the experience of rider, uh, usually pilots experience such uh, extreme forces oh just God. for a few seconds, while in the roller coaster, they, the rider would experience for one minute. Okay, yeah, so you can do a couple seconds. Whoa, and you're okay, buddy. You're on the fucking ghoster coaster here. You're on the fucking ghoster coaster. A minute, a minute should uh, knock you long enough. That you that you die. I hope that you got to think that 
some people are going to be able to survive it and they'll have to do another spin. I wonder if they do that. They come rolling in. Clink, 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 clink. There's a fucking doctor there. Mm, no, still beating. Do it again. Tat, 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 tat. Going up the top. Okay, let's give her another shot. Well, they're not uh, screaming. They're not enjoying themselves. That's a good sign. Yeah, that, that, I don't know if I'd be down for that. I, I mean, roller coasters are scary enough when you think you're going to die. Everyone thinks they're going to die on them. I think that's the worry constantly. And to be like, oh, this is actually going to kill you. That would be, oof, to get up to that, that last clink, 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 clink. Because apparently you have one second at the top where you can hit something and say, okay, I don't want to do it. And then they'll, I don't know what they would do. They just make it go backwards or do you just get off the roller coaster and they fuck that up and it's like okay hit the wrong button you go through it no oh, fuck. oh god you know i'm getting too old for roller coasters now guys i don't know if i can do them anymore they make me feel fucking dizzy make me feel like yeah maybe this will happen i'll i'll go on the actual ghoster coaster okay at, at wonderland and and uh the, it'll just kill me you know, and they won't even need any of this fancy stuff. But if they are going to put it somewhere, try. If you're listening to the podcast, folks, and you know this Lithuanian fellow who made this coaster, we'll get it at Wonderland. It'll be, you know, ugh. maybe we'll put up, I don't know. We'll try to cover it so people aren't watching. I don't know. That's going to take a pretty big thing to make it indoor but maybe we could put it in the mountain dig down put it in the mountain that's the new mountain ride get rid of thunder run ghoster coasters oh ghoster coasters in here no 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 don't get confused don't get confused that ghoster coaster is not the same as this ghoster coaster okay but we'll we'll get it in the middle of the mountain and that would be the right place to do it i think that would be the right place and keep the heartbeat of the dragon because that's cool that's fucking cool. All right, guys. That's it for me. That's it for 84. A bit longer than I thought, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to fucking head up to the cottage. I'm going to get in 85 at the end of August. We're going to do that summer wrap-up, and I'll get some more stuff to talk about. 